on the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. God is with us. two people and let them know Merry Christmas. All right, now the person you left out, let them know Joseph Christmas. Tough crowd today. Y'all, I just knocked over my pretty little tree that was spent all morning being decorated. How is everybody today? I hear good. I hear good. I hear maybe. How's Christmas shopping going? Fabulous. We have a fabulous. Okay, I have a list. If you look under your seat, there's a list of my Christmas gifts that I need all of y'all to get going. All right, all right, now we're good, we're good. So, uh, guys, over these past few weeks, it's been so awesome uh, that we've just got to dive in to the gift we sing about all the time. I mean, you know, right now what's really cool is this time of year we sing Christmas carols, and uh, as everybody's freaking out, they think I'm going to do eggs again. Don't worry, I'm not going to do eggs or milk. Pedal boards are safe. Uh, we do... Uh, <laughs> We, we sing Christmas carols, we talk about Jesus, we talk about peace, we talk about holy night, we talk about silent night, we talk about joy, but sometimes it's really hard to feel it this time of year, isn't it? Like, let's just be real, it really is hard to feel it this time of year. And so, today as I was getting ready for this message specifically, I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about, man, let's just find Jesus today. And as a matter of fact, we had somebody come in today and that was awesome so hey you showed up so Jesus is showing up and I'm telling you today I'm so excited uh, to see what God has for us because over these past few weeks we've been talking about the gift the gift of peace joy hope and love and we've talked about it's found in Jesus in Jesus alone so as you're getting ready for this today I started thinking so how many folks I talk about this all the time because I struggle with it so hang in here how many of us like to have order in life like no chaos like, if I think there's something that's about us, we can be loosey-goosey, but there's still got to be a routine, right? Like, there's still got to be something behind it. And us as human beings, it seems like we have an insatiable desire to have purpose in our life. I mean, I don't care if you follow Jesus for two minutes for 20 years, or you're not quite sure who he is outside of a baby in a manger. You want to have order in your life. As a matter of fact, I know we can all connect on this scale to say that we want something in our life because... I've heard this said so many times, like, how many folks have ever said, I just don't believe it's a coincidence, right? Or you just haven't found the right person yet, yeah, 34 years strong, uh, <laughs> right? Just haven't found the right person yet, right? Right? Or, or maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. We hear that, right? Like, like when the Grinch stole Christmas, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Like, it doesn't matter if you follow Jesus or not. As a human, you have that desire inside of you. So, I want to paint a picture with you, and you can hang in here with me. It's going to make sense here as we get towards the end. And it made me think about, as we're, we're talking about the Christmas story, hopefully you can see this tree here. And I want you to think about this tree as your life. It's a pretty tree. Even though I knocked it over a little bit ago, it was still put together very, very well. And like, let me think about this time of year. This is how I know you want order in your life. When you put up a Christmas tree, is it that pretty when you get it out of the box? You got to fluff it up. You got to have the branches all spread. And then, then you have these things called ornaments. And sometimes you put garland and sometimes you put things on there. But you have these ornaments and they have their place on the tree, right? Each and every ornament does. So like if I reached in this bag, I can see everybody cringing right now because they're figuring out. Like if I took this ornament and I placed it up here. Right? Like, I, it's just going to bother you the whole time, right? Like, it's not in the right place. It just seems out of place. And as humans, we like to know that things need to be in the right place. So I want you to imagine this tree is your life, and these ornaments are the events in your life. See, you can't control when the ornament is given to you, but you still want to put it. So I'm going to turn this bag over. We're going to imagine that this is the random events in my life. Like, 
Once I'm given this ornament, I don't like holding on to it, right? It's got to go on the tree. Because if I hang on to this ornament, I'm not ready for the next one, right? So i got to figure out where to put this. So imagine this is life events. Imagine this is something kind of like marriage or having a baby or paying off your student loans sometime before you die. Uh, or, or maybe maybe it's buying your house. Maybe you need to find a good realtor. Just saying. Maybe it's doing that, right? But I know that this tree, when it goes up in a few weeks, it's going to go back to being disorderly, chaotic, and tore all up, right? If I'm completely honest, our life is like that tree, isn't it? We like to know those ornaments, those events have a place. They have a purpose. There's a reason for each and every one of them. Because if they aren't, doesn't that shake our faith? You see, as Christians, as Christians, we say, well, we like to connect the dots and say, well, that, that's a faith thing. Well, well, God intended it to happen that way. But if you don't follow Jesus, where does that leave you? It leaves you with a bunch of random ornaments trying to figure out what purpose they have and which branch is your purpose branch and where it goes. And so today, as we're getting ready for this message, I want you to hang in here with me because this tree is going to have some significance here. As we talk about this tree of life and these random events we have in our life, as we talk about this message called God with us always. God with us always. It made me think about this because so many times we can get stuck trying to think through where we place the ornament as opposed to who controls the ornaments in our life. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to get to Matthew chapter 1. And if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We do something each and every week that's really awesome. Uh, we, we, we partner with Bible.com. We create events every week. So we're going to show you real quick in a 30-second video or less uh, how you can follow along with us online. And we're going to dive into this tree of life and these random events in our life. So if you've got your Bible, get to Matthew 1. If not, here's how you can follow us on the Bible app. Go to the Bible app. Download it at your favorite app store. When you go in there, click the More tab and click Events. Make sure your location services are on. You're going to see the Vine Worship Experience. Today is going to say hashtag ChristmasAtTheVine.tv. And not only is it going to have the scripture for you today, it's going to have ways that you can connect with us. That's really what we want to do. We want to create a point of connection so that way you can reach out to us and we can have a way to reach out to you. Not to bother you, not to bug you, but to serve you specifically or pray for you in any way. So if you want to go ahead and get to Matthew 1, I'm going to continue on this story today. And we're going to talk about this tree. This tree. And these random events that are life. So isn't the Christmas story a reminder that, that there's something in us that wants to connect the dots? Like, think about this. You think that you have random life events? I want you to know today you're not alone because the world isn't as random as it thinks. There's a purpose behind everything. The God that has been here from the beginning is the God that's still here today. And he's made a way for each and every one of us to have a purpose, have a place, and not be in chaos, but actually have joy, peace, hope, and love. Yeah, so many times this time of year, even myself, my hair's on fire, and I'm trying to figure out things and figure out where the ornaments go. But one thing that I know today as we get to go into Matthew 1 is that some of us are facing something we didn't plan. How many of us today can say that we're holding an ornament we didn't plan on holding today? We have a random life event that if you would have told us a week ago we'd be holding it, if you would have told us a month ago, we would be like, if I had to hold that ornament, oh, Man, Christmas is canceled. I'm calling Santa, and it's not coming until January 1st, right? I think we made that decision. The church voted on that. This, I'm just kidding. Don't get excited. The kids aren't in here, so they, they're good. They're going to be happy. They're not going to be mad that Christmas is not canceled. So I know that. So maybe you say, I don't know if I'm holding an ornament. So let me give you some examples. Maybe this time this year you didn't know you'd be job hunting. Maybe you didn't know you'd get the medical diagnosis that you just got, and that's the ornament you've been given. Maybe, hey, Maybe the ornament you've been given is the relationship you thought would be there forever is gone. Maybe the ornament you've been given is the person that you thought would be around for 10 more years just passed away. And you've got an empty chair to stare at. You've got an empty space in the bed to stare at. And this ornament that you've been given, this random event in life, you're trying to figure out what branch of this tree does it belong. I believe that we can all say that we've been there. As a matter of fact, I know that we can say we've had some unplanned events in our life so much so that we've responded some crazy ways. Maybe, maybe it's not an event. Maybe we say, hey, I didn't plan on saying what I said to that person. I didn't plan on doing what I did to that person or that person doing it to me. As a matter of fact, I didn't plan on losing what I lost. Pretty sure I probably hit about everybody in the room, myself included. And we all can say, no matter where you are on the spectrum of following Jesus, that you've got some ornaments in your life that you're trying to figure out. 
how to put on that tree. And as I dive into the Christmas story, it's so easy for me when I'm trying to figure out where I am on this tree to think that I'm all alone. Am I wrong in that? Does anybody else feel that way? You feel like you're the only one dealing with it, right? But then I can go to the Christmas story. I can see I'm not all alone in dealing with it. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew 1. We're just going to camp out in a few scripture. And I believe today that this is going to be awesome and that we're going to be able to dive in and see Jesus do something awesome. So Matthew 1, chapter, Matthew chapter 1, excuse me, verse 18 and 19 is where we're going to start. We're going to dive in to this Christmas story. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Imagine that. You think something unplanned didn't happen in their life? Before we go on, I want to think about this, and I want to talk about this story when we talk about things being unplanned. Imagine this right now. Imagine this beautiful girl, Mary, who we just said Merry Christmas and Joseph Christmas. This beautiful teenage girl, Mary, meets this awesome dude in youth group. They go to synagogue together like they both have it all figured out. Mary leads her small group. She's the one, and she's the one you're going to say, hey, like, if there's anybody that's like Ruth, if there's anybody that's a strong woman, like, this Mary. Mary's got it together. She's got it. She's going to be rocking and rolling. Like, she's the one all of her friends go to. She's the one who gets all the accolades. She knows, and she walks with people through thick and thin. She doesn't leave them hanging. She's followed Jesus step by step. She's been obedient to everything he said. She's a straight-A student. And she runs into this guy named Joseph. Now, you should see Joseph. You should hear Mary talk about Joseph. You should see the furniture Joseph builds. He's got farm tables galore. Like, this is fixer-upper BC, if you know what I'm saying. Like, they know what to do. Like, Joseph's so good with his hands. But here's the thing. Joseph leads his small group in his church, too, in the synagogue, too. They both have it all together. Joseph makes good grades. They both follow God's word to a T. They do everything they're supposed to. They do everything that they're supposed to. Then, then... Joseph's like, hey, man, I might be able to spend some more time with Mary. Maybe I should marry Mary. You know what I'm saying? And have a merry, merry Christmas. It is what it is. Maybe I should marry Mary. So he plans it all out. They, they meet at the local Nazareth Stars and Bucks, if you will, and they get down there, and he's got the ring. He's put it together. They're so excited because here's the thing. Here's the thing. They've done everything right. They've saved themselves for marriage. They've saved themselves for each other. They've followed God to a T, and they're getting married. They send out the invitations. Everybody's so excited. Like, we can't wait to see this power couple in the Lord. Like, if there's anybody who's going to be on the Carrier Pigeon Network, like, who's going to have this huge, huge blow up in ministry, it's going to be these two. Like, they are a power couple. Mary and Joseph it even sounds good Mary and Joe like M and J you know like MJ like they're ready to go they've got this like it's ready to rock and roll and Joseph proposes to Mary and he's so excited and she says yes and it's a fairy tale ending and it all works out perfectly but see verse 18 doesn't say that does it it says Mary Mary comes up and says to Joseph hey I'm uh I'm pregnant and you're not the father She's done been on Mari, if you will. Like she showed up and said, you aren't the father, the Holy Spirit is. Would you say that she's holding an ornament that's unplanned? Would you say that Joseph has this random life event and he's been given this ornament because this is the person he's supposed to spend his life with, the person that he saved himself for. And both of them are in this moment and they can choose what to do. They can trust God or turn on each other. And so I wonder if today that's kind of where we stand. Because when I say that I'm all alone and I feel like I'm all alone with this ornament that I can't handle, I look at Joseph and Mary and I say, I'm not alone. As a matter of fact, maybe there's some purpose behind that. Because see, here's what happens. It goes on to say, Joseph, who's struggling with this ornament, Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So we had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, here's the thing that I want to tell you first and foremost as we dive into this. As number one, if you're taking notes, you don't have to understand the plan to know God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to know God has a purpose. Because here's the thing where we are, like I imagine Joseph and Mary right here, Joseph and Mary is in this place that is absolutely devastating. I think of Mary. 
Do you think that she planned it this way? As a matter of fact, the girls in her youth ministry probably who had unplanned pregnancies, she walked with them step by step and said, hey, God's got a purpose in this. I want you to know you're not alone. Like, I'm going to walk with you through this season. And all of a sudden, Luke's gospel talks about it. This angel of the Lord appears and says, guess what? You're going to be pregnant. It's not a sin she can hide. It's not something that the world won't see. As a matter of fact, if you've ever been pregnant, I'm pretty sure the world knows that you're pregnant. And no, I'm not. I'm a dude, but I'm working on the Sanibod. Seriously, like, it is what it is. Like, she's pregnant. And I'm sure she's standing there saying, God, this is not what I planned. I followed you to a T. See, religion does that to us. Growing up in church, sometimes that's what we've been taught is check all the right boxes, do all the right things. You won't have any hardship in your life. And I look at Mary, and I see that she was chosen because she followed God. And she's probably thinking, God, the man who loved me is trying to leave me. My friends are talking about, as a matter of fact, everything I've ever said, everyone is saying is a lie. This isn't how I planned it. You see, if we weren't searching for purpose so many times, we could be stuck to know that God, we're trying to figure out our plans to know that God does have a purpose behind it. I think of Joseph right here. I think of the woman that he saved himself for, the woman that he was gonna marry, the woman that he made the best farm tables for. Like he had already made the ring. He had said, man, we're gonna have a family. Like I'm gonna have a carpenter shop downstairs and, and Mary's gonna live upstairs. We've already named the kids. We're not gonna go in debt. Like we're gonna be the ones that show God to the world. Like we've got this all figured out and all of a sudden, his soon-to-be wife says, I'm pregnant. I can't tell you how I, would, how I would react. I can't imagine how Joseph's reacting. As a matter of fact, the reason he's struggling with it is he's saying, Jesus, like, how can, how can I be, God, how can I be you to the world if I'm with someone who is disgraced? Like, my reputation's ruined. Like, we've already sent out the invitations. We've got a non-refundable deposit on the venue. Like, how am I gonna tell my buddies? How am I gonna tell my family? Like, more importantly, how am I gonna be able to live with Mary because this is gonna scar her for the rest of her life? Maybe you're there right now. Here's how I know. Maybe you're just uh, trying to have a good Christmas. For the first time you've chosen, you're not gonna go in debt for Christmas. You've budgeted. For the first time, the bank account isn't in overdraft. It's actually in black. You're excited. It's got like a penny in there, but it's a penny on the plus side, not a penny on the negative. And this past week, your car just broke down. Now, maybe being pregnant with the Savior of the world is a little different, but I promise you, it probably feels just like that because you're asking God, I'm doing all the right things. I don't understand why I'm walking through that. As a matter of fact, I know some of us this year, maybe we switched jobs we finally got the dream company. We finally got there. And all of a sudden we got there and we're rising up and we're, we've got a promotion and we're getting to the top. And we just got the letter this week that said, hey, we're cutting off, we're, we're having cutbacks beginning of the year. Sorry, but you gotta go. As a matter of fact, I know some of us in the room right now might be struggling with this. We might be struggling with, as I hide behind the tree here, we might be struggling with the relationship we know what it feels like to be betrayed. We know how Joseph feels in this moment because there was a moment in time where we walked down the aisle and we said we both would be faithful and one of us took it as a warranty that needed to be renewed, not a covenant to be kept. And so we're trying to struggle through that. As a matter of fact, I know some of us might be raising kids right now. You pointed them to Jesus. You did everything you could to show them who Jesus is. You brought them to church. You read your Bible. You prayed with them. You showed them who the Lord is and they're rebelling so hard you can't figure out What's going on? This isn't the plan. As a matter of fact, I can, I can say, maybe right now we can say, I didn't plan on the migraines. I didn't plan on the health issues. I didn't plan on the depression. I didn't plan on the job loss. I know a lot of us right now can say, we didn't plan on what's happening in our life. But I wonder if we would trust that God has a purpose behind it. Because even though we're holding these ornaments that we didn't plan to hold, there's this tree that represents our life that these things can go on. I'm wondering, if we could be like Joseph and Mary here. Because the thing of the story that always rocks my world and makes me think about this is, man, I don't see that in this story, do I? When my dude Linus drops his blanket and reads the 
Luke's account of the gospel and talks about the angels coming. I don't see Mary struggling with this. I see Joseph struggling with it a little bit. But I imagine, see, guys, they were human just like you and me. Pretty sure this little paraphrase left out some things that they struggled with. And so many times in our life, that's where we can feel like we're all alone, right? But all we got to do is look to the word. We got to look to the word. So as we, we go on there, I just want you to think about this. When you look at all the details in history, would you think that everything's just random? Or would you think that it has purpose? Because right now, Joseph and Mary, they haven't heard anything about the Messiah for 500 years. 500 years. Now, they're not 500 years old. Let's be real. There's probably 10 to 15 generations where they haven't heard anything about the Messiah. As a matter of fact, it's been 400 years since anyone's even said they've heard God speak. And all of a sudden, this random teenage girl and this random teenage boy are told that they're going to have the very Messiah. Sounds crazy, don't it? Sounds pretty chaotic. As a matter of fact, that sounds pretty dang overwhelming. And so when I feel overwhelmed with life's ornaments and I feel overwhelmed with the random events in my life and I'm so busy trying to find the purpose of it on the tree, I'm reminded that I'm not alone. Because I can't imagine that pressure. Can you imagine? You've done everything right. As a matter of fact, I bet you can because I bet you've been there. I know I've been there. I tried to do everything right and I questioned God and say, hey, this wasn't part of the plan. Like when I wrote this down on paper, my five and seven year plan, I didn't have the plan for this. Maybe that's where you sit right now. So now that Joseph and Mary's plans are wrecked, what do they do? Where do they go? Like what's next? Like uh, it says like, hey, I don't understand the plan, which obviously is God's plan, but I know he's got a purpose. So what next? Like what do I do? Joseph's like, I'm dropping you, Mary. <laughs> like, that's it. I got to go talk to my friends. I got to figure this out. I'm dropping you. But verse 20, verse 20 says this. After he had considered this, this is Joseph. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife. Now, time out before we move on. Has anyone heard from an angel in a long time? We just said it's been 500 years. So now these two, this random couple, Joseph and Mary, hears from these angels and say, you're gonna have the savior of the world. Take Mary to be your wife because what she has conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's been verified, the angel's saying, hey, I know she's done went on the talk show, like you aren't the father, but we know who it is. It is the Holy Spirit. Like, this is real. Mary's not lying to you. I know you're struggling with that. I know you're questioning that, but I want you to know, I want you to know that she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Joseph Jr. See, that's what they had named their first kid, I bet. Their first son. They gotta have that name, that proud family name, right? No, you are to name him Jesus. So even in this random event, Joseph learns that his name will not be carried on anymore. I wonder how he felt in that moment because he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Number two, number two, God's greatest invitation seems like our worst interruption. God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. Like right here is where Joseph and Mary is. They've been interrupted. They've sent out the plans. Like I imagine when they were getting their little tree ready, like they already had the ornaments picked out. Like we're gonna name this one Ava. We're gonna name this one Joe Jr. We're gonna name this one Joe Jr. the second. We're gonna name this one. We're gonna name this one John. We're gonna name this one Bob, and, and, and this is where, this gift is where we have the tree, and, and this, this is our first house. Like, they had it ready to go, and yet they've gotta go on carrying this mark the rest of their life. You see, it would be really easy to end this story right here, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be really easy to end the story and say, hey, okay, so they're gonna have the baby, we found out they're gonna have the baby. Everything's gonna be great. Like, it's okay. So our plans are a little bit ruined, but it's okay. We took a little detour. We're still gonna go get the house. We've already wrote the contract. We're still gonna close on it. We went and got married down at the courthouse. 
We got it squared away, so there's no disgrace. We're ready to go. We got married at the courthouse. We're going to scoot to the new house. I can imagine Mary is nesting. Like, she's got everything ready. She's already got the little nursery planned out for Jesus. Like, she's got it ready. She's already got the appointment set up. They know the day they're going to induce because she's ready to have this baby, yo. Like, all of a sudden, she knows the day she's going to induce if she hasn't had it yet. Like, okay, so this is what we do as humans. We want plans, right? Like, we got to have everything planned out and dots connected, right? So Mary and Joseph finally settle in together. And you would think, you would think, you would think that it'd be like the Disney movie, right? Like where the little birds come and tie Cinderella's dress in the back. Like Mary has the baby, the stork flies in, it's delivered, and all of a sudden it's in the nursery and everyone lives happily ever after, right? But you see, it didn't just start with one random unplanned event. It continued on to many more. As a matter of fact, we know if we look at Luke's gospel, as we dive in and we find even more random events, if I were to dive into even more, like we find out that even though Mary and Joseph had the baby planned out, all of a sudden God gave them another ornament and said, hey, there's going to be a census. You got to go back to the town where you were born. By the way, it's 80 miles away. I know that Mary's pregnant with the baby and she's ready to have it. And I know that, listen, I know that you've gone down to the camel dealership. You've got the third hump seating because you're ready for that baby to be in the back seat. You're ready to carry him home, that little bundle of joy. Like, it's a three-hump camel. It's the big one. You're ready to go. Like, you're going to carry him home. But I need you to go back home and you're going to have to ride in that clunker donkey. That's right down the road. For 80 miles. Pregnant. you got to go to this place called Bethlehem. Because there's a census going on. See, seems like an interruption, right? Like Mary and Joseph just finally got it figured out. Like they just got their life back on track. Like God, like we finally figured it out. I started doing the right thing. I started cleaning myself up. We're ready to go. I started planning on something great. And all of a sudden, God throws them another little ornament and says, hey, you got to go back home to where you came, to where you came from. I wonder if we trust that God has a purpose in that. Because here's the thing didn't stop there as a matter of fact if we were to go into Matthew 2 uh, we see that the the magi come and they come to visit Mary and Joseph they're in Bethlehem so they've done bought another house in Bethlehem as a matter of fact they didn't have to have baby in a baby Jesus in a wonderful hospital in the room they expected it's a, a, ca- a cave basically full of poop and animals all over this baby And I'm sure Mary loved that because she didn't want her baby to be clean or sanitary or in a great environment at all. And these crazy shepherds come visit her and say they've heard from the angels. And so Mary can't get any rest. And all of a sudden, they finally get rest again. They buy this house probably in Bethlehem, and they're settling there. They're getting Jesus ready for ceremony. And all of a sudden, these magi come. They, They worship Jesus and say, you are God. You are the son of God. Like, they give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And Mary and Joseph think, finally, we get settled, God. Finally, we get settled. We've got it all figured out, right? Like, we can move on in Bethlehem, continue to live our life, and everything can go as planned. But then Herod finds out that Jesus is in Bethlehem, and he gets afraid. And in fear for power, he kills all the babies that are two years old or younger. God gives them another ornament. He says, you got to run 200 miles away this time into Egypt and be a refugee for me and to a place, once again, that you don't know. And I wonder if we would see God's invitation as an interruption or a way that his plan can be fulfilled for his purpose because Joseph and Mary go and do that. Right now, those ornaments you're holding, are you trusting that there's a purpose with it? trusting that God's given you an invitation to do something with it or are you just angry that you got the ornament in the first place are you angry that it's not your plan are you angry and mad at God because it'd be really easy to ask God why matter of fact Mary and Joseph could have asked God why multiple times but instead they continue to trust his purpose trust his plan I imagine Mary says God I'm running out of branches on my tree to place all these unexpected events, right? You keep giving me ornaments and they just don't fit right on my tree. Like, if I had more and more and more, like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't fit anymore on my tree. Hmm. So what does Matthew go on to say about this? 
Matthew 1 verse 22 says this. All this. All this. Not some of this. Not a piece of this. Not bits of this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. If you're taking notes right now, I've got two more things for you. Number one, God often interrupts our plans with his purpose. See, Mary and Joseph had it all planned out. Matter of fact, they even did it the godly way. Yet, their plans got wrecked, didn't it? You see, they understood that it wasn't about their plans, but his purpose. And the only plans that he ever ruins are ours, not his. It all took place for a purpose. It all took place for a reason that there was purpose behind it because otherwise they were on the run all the time. Otherwise, they were flying back and forth everywhere they went like they were trying to figure out what branch of the tree to put these ornaments on. And I can tell you this time of year, that's all that I feel like a lot of us do, myself included, is I'm so busy trying to find the branch that the unexpected event needs to go on that I don't realize who's given me the ornaments and I don't realize what it's about because, you see, the whole Christmas story is about journeys. It's about journeys. It's about journey of Mary and Joseph from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's about the journey of the shepherds from the fields to the manger. It's about the journey of the wise men from the east, the Gentiles coming to worship the very Savior of the world. It's about God coming down as man, putting on human skin, coming from deity to man, coming from eternity to time, coming down to be with us. It has a purpose Everything has a purpose. All of it works together for a purpose. And I wonder right now if you're asking God why, do you trust his purpose for your life? Do you trust that where you are in this season is a purpose? Because no one could have planned this story of Christmas. I imagine as Mary, as Mary wiped her baby, poor baby Jesus, uh, as she took care of baby Jesus and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, she never thought she would go on the run. She said, God, this wasn't what was planned. And then they got him out of the manger. She raises him in the temple the way he's supposed to go. And all of a sudden, about three decades later, she finds that baby boy that she held in her arms, that baby boy that she taught to walk, taught to talk, helped when he got his first teeth. Matter of fact, helped when his teeth fell out and he got some new ones when he got his adult teeth helped him in school. As a matter of fact, she, she, she treasured the times that Joseph and Jesus were out there trying to do some woodwork, and Jesus always seemed to do better than his father. It was crazy. Always seemed better to do, do better than Joseph. And three decades later, she sits there and sees that little boy beaten within an inch of his life, mocked and hanging naked on a cross. She hears the words, it is finished. And as they take his limp body off that cross and they put him in clothes again, swaddling clothes, as she did, grave clothes, as she did when she was a baby, she wrapped him the same way. I wonder if she said, God, this wasn't the plan. I wonder if she would see that his interruption had a purpose because no one wants to bury their child. No one wants to look at this baby and say, what is the purpose of this? This is supposed to be the Messiah of the world. I've heard that the Messiah is supposed to set us all free. He's supposed to topple Roman rule. He's supposed to do all these things. I wonder if she would trust that God has a plan. Because see, it didn't end there. It didn't end there. On the third day, as a matter of fact, we know this is how it was. Like on the third day, all of a sudden, the tomb is empty. And Mary sees the purpose. The purpose was the Son of Man was born to die. But the reason he was born to die is so that we could have life. He came so that we had purpose, so that we have life, so that we no longer had to worry about what to place on the tree. I want you to know that even though you're trying to figure out maybe what to place on the tree or under the tree this time of year, I just wonder if you would trust that God has a plan for everything that you're doing. Everything. Because here's what I want to tell you. 
wonder if you would trust that God always has a purpose. You are that purpose. Would you see that he did all of this for you? Would you see that he did all of this for you? Because I know that so many times it's hard to see all of these ornaments are coming from God's hand and they can seem like random events. And so we say, for, so how can I be right with God? Like, I don't understand. Like, if that's the case, how in the world can I be right with God? Well, I want you to know that Jesus is your righteousness. You say, how can I be good enough? Jesus is the person that's good for you. He came to set you free. He is good. You say, how can I be a sacrifice? How can I be at one with God? Well, Jesus, he is your sacrifice. Would you believe that everything in your life has lined up to this moment for a purpose? Or would you just say that it's totally random? I just want to ask you, how is that going for you? Do you find yourself trying to place things on this tree and figure out where it needs to go on the tree more than who's giving it to you? Because the reason I want you to know that you are God's purpose today is in this season of trying to place ornaments on trees and gift under trees, God sent his son to die on a tree so that we don't have to figure out this tree of life ourselves. He died on a tree so that we could have life. And I want you to know today that if you're struggling to try to figure out the purpose of your life, the reason that you're even here, that it lies with someone who came and died on a tree for you and me, and his name is Jesus. All of this is for you. This is the season that we are reminded that it is all has to do with Jesus. Everything has a purpose. I want you to know that God, God made a purpose through this. God has a purpose through this. And it's for you and it's for me. And even through all the trial, even through all the random events that seem to be random, God was weaving this divine story together so that each and every one of us could have life, so that each and every one of us could have hope, so that each and every one of us could have joy and love. You see, our responsibility is to believe that everything has a place on the tree. We're created to look for that purpose. Sometimes we find it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes it comes to us immediately, sometimes it's eventually. But this time of year, the purpose of this time of the year is to remind us that no matter what journey you're on, whether you're on the journey of power that Herod was on, whether you're on the journey of finding truth that the Magi were on, whether if you're on the journey of unplanned events like Mary and Joseph were on, that there was one journey that matters, and that journey is God with us, and he came to set each and every one of us free. And no matter what we do, no matter how many ornaments we're holding and we're trying to figure out how to put on this tree, remember who hung on that tree for me and you. As a matter of fact, he hung on that tree because we couldn't do it ourselves. Like all of us were born into sin and there's no way that we could ever be good enough to get to God. So God made a way. He sent his son. Mary and Joseph literally got to raise the son of God, but it was the son of God being risen again that set us all free, and he got to raise them up by the way that he lived his life, died the death that each and every one of us deserved for our sin, and loved us enough not to stay dead, but he rose again on the third day. And so today, as we wrap up and we get close to the end, I want you to ask yourself, have you ever seen God loving you enough that he has a purpose. Two of the most famous, one of the most famous verses that we all know as we wrap up today is John 3.16, but I wanna talk to you about John 3.17 as well. John 3.16 says it this way, we know it as you talk about being the purpose, purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Would you see, as I put this tree down, would you see that Mary and Joseph understood that God had a purpose? And it wasn't fully realized till Jesus died on that cross and rose again on the third day that they got to see that the world would be saved through him. In this time of year when we come to church, in this time of year when we're around people and we've heard so much what God is against, I want you to know what God is for and he is for you having life, he is for you having purpose, and he is for you having hope, joy, and peace like never before, more than you could ask 
or imagine. The thing is, the thing is, he's given you a gift. The question is, will you receive it? The one thing that sets people apart that follow Jesus and don't is we have received by faith that he is who he says he is. It's not a matter of circumstance. It's not a matter of randomness. It's a matter of trust that Jesus is who he says he is. And so today, that gift is laying at the bottom of your feet. Do you trust Jesus? Do you believe that God has a purpose for you? Do you believe that this life that seems so full of random life events actually has a purpose? And in the end, when we get to celebrate in eternity, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we can look at these ornaments and laugh at those events. We can look back with joy, look back with peace. As a matter of fact, we can even look forward with peace, hope, love, and joy. So with every head bow and every eye closed, I want to tell you today, more than anything, the reason we do what we do every week at the Vine Church isn't to be a motivational speech, isn't to try to give you a life lesson that you can apply somewhere down the line. It isn't to, to just make you feel better. As a matter of fact, it's to point you to Jesus. There is a purpose in everything we do. And our purpose is to show others who Jesus is. And so in this moment right now, have you ever trusted Jesus as your Savior? Are you just trying to figure out these random life events and trying to figure out placing that ornament on the tree? Or do you see what this is really about? God, the creator of the universe, coming to us and making a way for us to experience peace, hope, joy, love, life everlasting. You know, we're about to say a prayer in a minute, and it's not, the, it's not the words of this prayer, but it's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is that saves you. What we're about to do is we're about to, to ask Jesus for forgiveness of our sins. We're about to confess him as Lord of our life, and, and we're about to say, Jesus, I am yours. We're about to lay down our control over these ornaments, lay down our control of what branch of the tree it goes on, and instead of being in control, we're going to be in surrender. And all we're doing is saying, Jesus, you are my hope. Jesus, you are my life. Jesus, you are my love. Jesus, you are my peace. Jesus, you are my joy. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me this prayer, but I want you to respond with faith, with faith. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came and lived the life that I couldn't live die the death that I deserve on the cross but love me enough not to stay dead but rose again so that I may have life come take over my life teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how and with every head bow and every eye closed, if that's you and for the first time you can say by faith that you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to boldly raise your hand. If you're following online, I'm going to ask you to respond as well. You can comment, you can, you can respond to the hand raise, whatever it is. I don't want today to go by without you experiencing the peace, hope, joy, and love of Jesus if you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to respond. This is your moment. All of this has led to you doing this today. One, two, three. If you can say today that you have received Jesus for the first time as your Lord and Savior, would you just slip your hand up? Would you just respond online? Would you just let us know? Hey, we want to celebrate with you. We, we, we promise you that there are going to be storms in life and, and tomorrow everything's not going to be perfect, but I can promise you, you can have peace no matter what ornament you've been given. And so for the rest of us, I'm going to pray and then we're going to have a special closing prayer after this song, but I'm just going to ask you today, I just want you to know that Jesus has a purpose for your life too. No matter what ornament you've been given, Understand the one who controls the ornaments is God himself. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And even though it might not seem bright right now, know that he will use it for his glory and for your good. As we get ready to worship, I'm just going to ask uh, everyone to, 
look up, stand up, and then we'll pray. That way you don't be falling over because I might fall. Uh, Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to lift your name high. I pray that you would do what only you can do. And uh, in this moment, I pray that we would see you in a new way. I pray that others would respond and that others would know you like never before. Uh, Jesus, even in these moments right now, I pray that we would experience you and that we would see no matter what circumstance we have in our life, that you have a purpose and you have a place in it. So in this moment, I pray that we would be in full surrender, that we would be in worship. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys stand up and sing with us. Christmas. Uh, number two, uh, just a reminder that next week we'll be having church online, but uh, I want to end a little differently uh, today, and I just want us to be in a moment of, of, of just real. Uh, as we have, as we just sang about if we're a Christian and we know Christ, I would be foolish to think that some of us today have not been given an ornament that just seems unbearable in this season. 
Even though it's not random, even though God has a purpose in it, you might be asking God what that purpose is right now. You know him as your Lord and Savior. You trust him, but he's thrown this curveball, this ornament in your life, and you don't know what to do with it. So normally we lock it up and pray here at the end, and we're going to do something. So I'm just going to ask you to boldly do this. Uh, as if you've been given this ornament in your life, uh, would you just raise your hand? And folks, as you see folks raise their hand, if you'll just place your hand on their shoulder, and I want to pray for you, and I want us to pray for them in this moment, because I would be foolish to think that none of us brought an ornament in here that we shouldn't have to deal with. So I'm going to count to three. If that's you, raise your hand, and I would love for folks to pray with you. If you're online, don't be afraid to raise your hand, because I'm going to pray for you too. So one, two, three. If that's you, you've been given an ornament that you don't feel like you can carry or is unplanned, Apparently, there's no one that has ornaments. That's awesome. Uh, So if that's the case, then everybody, let's just lock it up and pray. And if that's you and you're watching online, I just want you to raise your hand, and I want you to know that we're going to be praying for you. So if that's not the case and no one has anything to pray for, that's amazing. So go ahead and lock it up. Uh, I guess God knows your ornament, if that's the case. And if he finds out you don't have an ornament, then uh, if I found out you have an ornament and you didn't ask me to pray for it for you, I'm coming to your house on Christmas, and Santa and I are going to have a fight. It's going to be great. Uh, So everybody in this moment, uh, hey, maybe you weren't bold enough to raise your hand to say you've been given an ornament you don't know what to do with or that you're asking God why about. I can tell you I've got ornaments in my life that I ask God about all the time. I'm not afraid to admit it. So if that's you and you just didn't want to raise your hand, know that people are praying for you right now. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's just pray. Jesus, thank you for this time uh, in this moment and in this season. I pray that we would not be afraid to be raw and real with you because you came down to earth so that we could have a real relationship with you, not a religion that checks off boxes, not something that looks pretty on paper, not something that has to fit inside of a box so well. You came to give us life. So Jesus, whatever we're facing in this life right now, let us be reminded that what you came for is to set us free, that you came for so that we could have a purpose, so that we could have a reason behind everything, so that no matter what storm comes in our life, no matter what season we're in in our life, that we can have peace and know that you have a plan with it. It doesn't, you didn't promise that it would be easy. As a matter of fact, you told us that not to be afraid when the world comes against us and when the world throws circumstances and things against us in our life that we don't understand. So Jesus, today, I pray that we would just be real with you. We need to lay something at your feet because we're too busy trying to control these ornaments, trying to control these things. I pray that we would be in full surrender and lay it at your feet and ask you what you would have us do with it. Just like those wise men did at the manger. Let us not miss that. So Jesus, as we go out in this season and the world is so busy filling things under the tree and filling things around the tree and trying to figure out what to put in the tree, I pray that we would be reminded that you came to die on the tree and that we get to be you to the rest of the world. We love you, Jesus. We can't believe we get to do this. And I pray whoever's struggling with an ornament right now, Jesus, that you would just overwhelm them with your peace. They would be reminded that they aren't alone. The whole reason you came down is so that we don't face this life alone. So that we could have life itself. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Have an awesome week. Join us next week on live.thevine.tv and then come back here and join us at the Y for new, but our brand new series. Merry Christmas.